Enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 156. Welcome. things we need to talk about this week <laughs> some some major thinky thoughts that we've both been sitting on for the past week uh, and it sounds more grave than it is but it's actually it's pretty intense okay <laughs> before we go any further uh let's go ahead and cover some housekeeping so first and foremost a Huge, 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 huge congratulations to the three finalists slash winners of the Open Contract Challenge of 2021 and our third place winner who gets to walk away with a $50 gift card is none other than, I need you to insert some drum roll, drum roll sound effects here please, (gasps) Jeff R. Young, congratulations sir. All right, and our second place winner who gets an ebook contract to publish the manuscript entered and a $100 gift card is Jim Bates. Should just do the jazz club. <laughs> I can't snap and synchrony. We're trying. We're trying here. All right. And finally, the grand prize winner who wins both a paperback and ebook publishing contract, a $200 gift card, and a round-trip flight along with lodging to California to (gasps) Pop Culture Expo 2022, where she'll get 20 copies of her winning book, Welcome to Crazy Town. Peggy Gerber, Let's do the snaps now. Snaps. Seriously, major, major congratulations to you guys. Hearing those names, honestly, I am not surprised to hear that you guys succeeded throughout this contest because you are all phenomenal writers, and I am very excited to see what is to come from all of you. All right, so pretty much is it in place of housekeeping. I know right now, you know, in my my very boring updates of my reality. I'm still cleaning. I'm still cleaning. That's how intense I'm getting. But I can finally see the finish line. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's it's coming. It's finishing up. I decided to overhaul an old Ikea table. And that's my biggest problem. I always look at a task and I'm like, this will be easy. I've got this. I plan it out in my brain. I'm like, yes, easy. And then I actually go to do it. And then I prove to myself that it is very much the opposite of how I had anticipated it going. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, so so I've just kind of been absorbed in that. <laughs> Trying to find some great small business uh, owned places to shop for my family and loved ones for the holiday season. So yeah, so so that's pretty much where I've been at. I have been so badly distracted. I don't know if that's the right word. I still have Stephanie emailed me like a week ago and I still haven't even written her back. I feel horrible. I will write you back, Stephanie. I promise. Let's move on to that very important conversation I had brought up a couple minutes ago. Shared that I finally watched Cowboy Bebop, the anime, for the first time since its release in the late 90s. We finished the 26 episode run we didn't i didn't watch the the, the what film did, what, what did you think about what did you think about the the anime i really liked it you know i think there's obviously you know like i said before there's like this weird thing in my brain where i didn't register the the wonder behind anime you know earlier in life well and so i, th- I, think, I think that i think that's what kind of bridges and creates kind of disruption because of the category that something like that is placed in. It's like, okay, well, you watch 
say like like when you're younger in that age whatnot and you say oh well i watched you know grim adventures of, of, of billy and mandy or you know you watch an anime and whatnot it's always remember you yeah kind of point out the anime kid you know, well you i know, never oh, i guess I like when i was a kid i okay i'm gonna i'm sure this is not surprising for anybody when i was a teenager i tried really hard to be pretentious you know <laughs> like i tried really hard to be that like hipster cool kid slash goth kid like i really you know i mean imagine the goth kids in south park that i was henrietta like flat out like i, st I still kind of can't hurt but uh <laughs> she was industrial goth though right uh i mean a lot of goth is industrial goth she's, no she's very romantic yeah. goth but anyway but i was very you know like oh i'm too cool for that you know what i mean like it was very that was that was me in a nutshell. I'm not proud of it. I have evolved. Hopefully. <laughs> I feel like I've evolved. Uh, but I didn't recognize that there was more beyond. And like I said, I grew up with the older anime. You know, uh, Sailor Moon, Speed, I, Speed Racer uh, reruns and everything like that. Like, I grew up with that. But then I think, like, when Pokemon hit and it became so... I think because it was everywhere. And like I said, it's, I I don't know, my little rebel heart. I don't know. It's stupid and irrational. Makes no sense. I wasn't into anime as a kid uh, slash adult other than the basics. And so jumping into Cowboy Bebop, you know, you, you really liked Cowboy Bebop, like from the time we met, you know, over a decade ago now. <laughs> you grew up with Cowboy Bebop. It's silly. You know what I mean? Like, it's silly, and it's out there, and it's wild. There's so much heart and soul in it. And I feel like it also, it clicks by the end of the 26-episode run. You know, everything kind of clicks in place mentally. But it really, really hits you in the freaking face. Like a baseball bat when you watch the live action remake and you realize how phenomenal the anime is comparative well i feel this is also um an argument over what you're presented with versus what's actually available and yeah that's where the internet has changed everything because you have access to anything you want you know my main man says a little bit of everything all of the time you know mm -hmm. and uh it's because you're presented with Cowboy Bebop. Uh, mainly, remember when we were kids, there was Adult Swim, and you had mm -hmm. Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, uh, and whatever they else they ran on there. You yeah, know, all those Optimus, like action, yeah, whatever, based. whatever they can get their hands on through publishing companies and whatnot like that. And then they have to shake hands, make a deal, blah blah blah. You know, now with the internet, you can put whatever you want on there, which is kind of. It's not. I'm not saying it's good. You know, to be able to let anybody go on there and put whatever they want on there. Or is that the most important aspect of our society as a, as a, as a thinking project? Anyways, either way you think about that, is that's its own thing. We were just talking about this because we were just going through music videos right now. And mm -hmm. what music was presented, and I make a point of this about Vanessa Carlton. This is what Vanessa Carlton was presented as is the early 2000s with a thousand miles but on the same album it's yeah. mostly jazz if you really well, it's very to tori amosy yeah you know you can hear that in her in her writing style yeah very very inspired by like tori amos yeah she definitely so which tori amos is not a thousand miles <laughs> so that's where the the whole issue with what's out there versus what you're presented with versus what art is you know, and th this is a whole idea because I have something written up about the whole live action thing because this is an entirely different thing for me versus you. Right? Yeah. It's like if I were to say, oh, well, if they did something with something. That You're looking at yeah. it from a very personal point of point of place because you grew up with it again. And I I'm looking at it from a more. Well, it's not even so much that I, I grew up with it it's more so where i was at, at the time, in my yeah. life 
when I had related to this thing. Well, and that now, was me with Harry Potter. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I have this entire thing written up over the live action. Here's something, though. This episode is not about bashing the creative project. I actually, in here, I have an entire thing written up to why I think this art form was actually very important for Cowboy Bebop. Here's my little written down thought process so it doesn't get all scattered like it usually does. Uh, so I have it written down or typed down. Can I can I preface really quick? Go ahead. Uh, so uh, just in case, just in case, we may venture into spoiler territory. No, we are going to spoiler so, territory. Like spoiler for the anime yeah. as well as spoilers for the live action remake right. uh, that is now available on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler, 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 spoilers. Okay. And with that preface, I actually encourage you, if you are a fan of it, to actually go and watch the entire thing because you'll get what you need out of it, I feel. Uh, This is a very important piece of art. Art, as we all know, is subjective. And be as that may, everyone will pull what they need to from art itself. But what is art but our expressive vision of ourselves within how we interact with the world, right? We create art to express ourselves and how we interact with this world so that's what it is that's what we do we're both artists that's what we do that's that's the game right mm-hmm. it's not you know at the end of the day we definitely like to make money i i love making money but then making money is not the object when we speak standards and everything else there's a different degree that's entirely different versus standards and what art actually is mm-hmm. what's worthy for sale or the public and all that goes with that spaghetti Okay, such as even while I'll say there's a certain standard in music, and there is, there's a certain mm-hmm. standard in mixing. Well, Vanessa Carlton, there's, yeah, there's, miles there's, versus... yeah, there's a different, there's a standard. Mm-hmm. It's like to make music and to understand music and and uh, mixing, mastering. These are all different disciplines, by the way. If you think that this is the episode of breaking everything down into that, whether it's art or um bashing or not bashing or giving a detailed thing this is not that episode please until i start talking yeah please turn this off and do something else because this is not a play-by-play we have a limited amount of time here as it stands currently anyways and uh please choose your headspace wisely instead of being angry at this piece of art said privately <laughs> between us and whatnot it's been in talks for 20 years to make a live action mm. should it have happened should it have happened i don't know i know that there is actually one that they made i didn't see it though a lot of fan created content yeah exactly i probably actually cr- comes I should, out super great yeah i should try to find that too there's actually. this video i remember it was before before fantastic beasts came out and everything somebody recreated the the fight between dumbledore and grindelwald mm-hmm. when dumbledore uh, and Aberforth's sister Ariana is killed. Right. Well, right before she's killed, and they—it was just fans. It was a fan-made video. Oh my god! And that's like yeah, and that's one fan-made thing. projects like that. Like they do so well, that's what good. I saw an article. That's what this was. Is it's an entire expensive fan fiction. Yeah, thing. and it was probably great. No, I'm talking about Cowboy Bebop. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the fan one. The other one I haven't seen yet. So with that said, I first saw this production at a vulnerable age when things started to click into place of what life actually was and what it actually meant in my universe. My universe, which is shared with many others, but it was mine on account of, much like art, we all see a piece of art and apparently don't see what is hidden in it for us. Very much like movies, we all take different takes away from everything like that we watch the same movie but apparently we don't we watch the same thing apparently don't read the same thing you know take whatever you need very much like life we uh we think we have certain experiences and find it to be normal and because everyone you know at that age around you has the same experience but slightly different to their own degree like everyone listening i was a creative child for reasons many can relate with maybe not and that's okay our own individualist experience. Where is it? Might just sound just it might just sound very similar to somebody else's, and that's what art is for. Each art form has its own set of key standards and what the purpose is intended for, but the meaning behind it is the same. So with that said, after we finished the new live action series of Cowboy Bebop, I will have to thank everyone involved for making. 
I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been hurt like that in a very long time. <laughs> which is my personal experience from which for my personal experience today is very important. Mm-hmm. Bringing forth a little backstory, Cowboy Bebop for me isn't about the bounty hunters. It isn't about the good guy versus bad guy. It's about what it means to redeem something, someone, or what fabrics can deteriorate the human experience. I'll give a little insight before I continue on is Cowboy Bebop is based on these bounty hunters who travel through space in the future, 2071, I think, and they <laughs> catch bounties. Yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how you, they make money. So Spike Spiegel is somebody else than he was once was. He was a um, uh, what you would call a bad guy, I guess. He was in a syndicate, which is organized crime. Spike represents what he had to do because they go into death in the live action. He was an orphan. He was on the streets. It's like, what is he going to do? Sound familiar? It might. Mm-hmm. So he joined up. So he joined up. Yeah, he did horrible things, obviously. He was a hitman in the in the, the syndicate. And then he falls out because of the uh, misdeeds of Julia and Vicious in the anime, right? And it wasn't because in the live action, because my idea was Julia. Where they went with Julia was in the live action was different than the anime. And you can see the differences and everything like that. Say what you're going to say, because we're going to have to have a whole thing on that. I have a whole thing on that, at least. Yeah. So for me, yeah. So as far as Bebop goes, that's pretty much the cream of the crop. And then he goes in and, and fights his old lifestyle and then dies from it. You know, and it depends on how you view the ending of the anime series, whether he died or he might have been able to continue on. It's like the same thing in the movie Drive. It's very ambiguous. It's very ambiguous. You know, he drives away even though he died. And then he, it's, the, it's the glass half full argument. Right? Schrodinger's driver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Schrodinger's cowboy. Yeah, it's like. It's 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 the it's the argument. You're gonna see it how you need to see it, I guess. Spike wasn't a hero, you know. Yeah. Uh, in a traditional sense of the word of what we feel a hero actually needs to be, or what we think a hero is, or what a villain is versus what we think a villain is, and that's where the whole black and white and gray argument now today is very hard because we have very different meanings of what things are because humans are so complex and even though these are characters in the fictional universe whatnot what else would you do as a person whether to look to media if you don't have the uh mimetic role models within your own reality and this is what this is about you know, it's about the role models within the reality versus whether or not you see people in the media that you can relate to, you know, before we get into that. Because you brought up a very important issue of seeing Julia, you know, and seeing Vicious and Vicious portrayed in the anime versus Vicious portrayed in the live action. And why why was it Vicious? In the live action was explained away with his traumas and he reacts a certain way and then women, what was it, women are uh, victims. I'll admit that when the final scene hit with Julian Vicious, I understand the low rating. Without reflection and the tools I have these many years later, I wouldn't be able to appreciate what was done. Whether this was their intent or not, which you know what, I got what I needed. I don't need their explanation of why they did what they did. Yeah. I had to really reflect what this ending meant and what emotions were being stirred up. More importantly, where they were coming from. This is the importance of art, and maybe that's what was important for this remake. An important death took place when Julia shot Spike from that window. That is very personal. As it should be, actually, to each and every one of us whom had this idea of what this piece of art was. Vicious as he threw Spike from the window and Spike releasing a grenade to have the destruction, bring him back to the death of his past, but to be revived into his new life once more, until it became clear it wasn't that easy. That happened in the anime. They did the same thing. Spike had the death of his old life. He was brought back into his new life. I thought that was very interesting. Looking back, too, and I made a few comments on Spike's personality and the quirky 
tales we have on perspective. When Spike claimed in episode 9 that he didn't kill kids, but when he tore through that clubhouse and killed that girl, looking back, that made sense. It was very important to see things from that perspective, or their perspective, because this is how things work. We should have many different perspectives to formulate our own idea, and we can't be too gung-ho with how our own thing, because I think it was uh, in one of the taglines at the end of the episodes whatnot, they say you're going to carry that weight, and that's, that's the idea. The baggage we claim in this life is like we claim these baggage or these demons or anything like that and how are we to be able to um deal with them you know if we we don't reflect and think about it instead of impulsively honestly impulsively when julia shot spike out the window look they played they played the theme right they played the theme he's looking up at the church they they played a theme, you know. Here it comes. When they, like, he stabbed, like, Vicious stabbed him. Spike shot him. You're like, okay, here we go. Vicious is going to toss him out, and then that didn't happen. And then it, it kind of comes back to the discussion we're about to have right now about Julia and her character and why I feel they did this. I feel they did it this way to show a case of points. So Julia comes in, shoots Spike out the window, I I do think that there are parts of the live action that were actually really, really well done. I personally, I really liked the visuals. I really enjoyed the cinematography. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed all of the razzle-dazzle. I thought they did a very good job with that. You know, we, we had kind of talked about this. That's where they put a lot of attention and a lot of detail. Personally, I think that's what paid off the most, was seeing certain things created uh, in a in a three-dimensional sense that we are so used to seeing in a two-dimensional sense. I thoroughly, that's something I very much enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the actress, I, I, th- I don't think anybody was miscast. I think the cast was really good, but I will get into that a little bit more in a second. One of the, the strongest points was Daniela Pineda, who played Faye. Freaking phenom. She is brilliant i even like uh you know how they did jet uh played by mustafa shakir he i think they did really smart things to certain characters minute one we are introduced to julia and vicious played by elena satine and alex hassel and i really want to make it clear i am not going to shame or speak negatively about these actors they did their job I am by no means like this is not on them. This is not on anything like that. The whole I I could probably write a whole essay on Vicious and how they they didn't they completely it seems like they wiped the slate clean on who the Vicious of the anime was and then reconstructed it, which on one hand is fine, but Going back to Harry Potter, because that's apparently all I know how to talk about, um, there's always kind of this joke about uh, in 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 uh, order or Goblet of Fire, sorry, in Goblet of Fire, where Dumbledore asks calmly, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? But in the movie, Dumbledore yells, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? And it's just a joke. That was vicious all the time. (laughs) Like in the anime, you know, very, very different characters. So the point I want to make before we jump back into what we were going into a second ago Mm -hmm. was the point is I feel like and I feel like a lot of a lot of writers do this a lot of I mean, and I, I mean, writers across all mediums. I think we all do it as storytellers. The problem is. It doesn't work <laughs> is we 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 take a word association with a character. Right. And you kind of you decide that person's personality with a single trait. The expe- expectation is to build from that trait and create. OK, so they're this, but they're also <laughs> like this. You know, you do uh, a lot of times you do like a rule of five kind of sometimes. Uh, anyway. 
Yeah. You do these traits. It <laughs> felt like they did one. A single trait for every character. Yeah. Here's, here's the, the important dynamic between this. This is my own opinion and because I had reflect upon it because of my own relationship with the story. Here's what happened with Vicious and Spike. Okay. They wrote Vicious because it is a yin and yang type of ordeal. Right? Vicious in the anime, Vicious is portrayed as an all-powerful, uh, you know, he is the man, the obstacle to overcome. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, in the live-action version, he is portrayed as, you say, a very weak... His keyword was insecure. Insecure. Right. That's it. That is the only... So here's where the dynamic is really important between Spike and Vicious and Julia. They portrayed Vicious in this way, like very insecure and weak and everything like that. Very outspoken and angry and uh, hot-headed, impulsive. Spike is not. But they are cut of the same cloth. But see, that's kind of... Here's the deal. Because they, 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 they wrote them that way is to showcase the two different mindsets. Yeah. Okay. And I totally grasp that. Yeah. But it's it's not... That's that's where it... <laughs> that's where the writing comes, though. That's why it was important to showcase Vicious this way, I feel. I, I disagree. Hang on. It's important to showcase Vicious this way because it's been 20 years. Vicious was an all-powerful person. Spike was also he wasn't Spike wasn't changed, but he has a different way about him. This goes back to the argument over Julia. Vicious. Who you need to see in these media concepts. If you look at Vicious and you're angry at his portrayal then you need to ask yourself, why are you angry about that? So, and it's not even about the, the character or how they wrote him or anything like that. It's it's the way that Vicious takes his trauma and deals with it versus how Spike takes his and deals with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I, I take that away. I don't see Vicious as this character they wrote because it was a mistake on the writer's part. I Maybe that maybe I am outstretching my own idea. Like I, I always, don't think like, there was anybody stupid in the writers' room. Like I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I'm not saying like maybe that that was the case, especially with Julia and how she turned out with her trauma. And yeah, and she there's... she lays it out. She lays out, you treated me this way. Vicious treated me this way, and that's why you know I'm going to be the leader of the, the so that's why now. i'm gonna freaking <laughs> need a whole lot of expletive deletions here coming up i i feel it was important that way um to to write vicious the way you know and maybe it could have been maybe it just could have been a joke about how audacious it is to to worry about the characters as a fictional character you know, versus what you're going to get away from the art form itself. Like I just gave a long explanation of the art form is how you're going to express it and and relate to it in your life at that moment. So 20 years ago, Cowboy Bebop was this other thing. 20 years later, you still have the original, but this is another person's perspective on, or not one, but probably many, uh, on a different perspective of what you possibly need because 20 years span your ideas and everything is going to grow, right? Yeah. And okay, can I can I say my my So, yeah, so what would you think about vicious? Okay. okay. So my problem is I understand I see by the time we reach the last, you know, 20 minutes of season 10, or I mean episode 10, it makes sense. You get why they did everything. Episode 9, which was kind of a prequel to the whole story I thought was one of the best episodes. I really enjoyed it. I loved getting to see who Vicious and Fearless, Spike's before name, uh, is, uh, who they were before. You know, I thought that was very 
entertaining. What I personally cannot stand and what drives me absolutely nuts. It's freaking boring. It is maddeningly boring to centralize characters like Julia and Vicious. Yes, 20 20 years ago, they were very fascinating in the anime because they were such mysteries. We had very little, very little on who they were as people. We knew there was something magical about Julia because she's Julia. You know, she's the driving force of who Spike is, you know? Um, and we know there's something absolutely terrifying about Vicious. We get that, okay? In the live action, I feel like they took those little nuggets and they kind of worked them in there, okay? Like, I'm not denying that whatsoever. I think they did that very faithfully. The problem is a villain, quote-unquote, who is just at his core nothing but an insecure man with daddy issues, with a woman who's... This is what, frankly, pissed me off. Flat-out pissed me off about the whole thing. How I said they just grabbed words, single words, and utilized them for each character. Julia, they thought one word, and they were like, they based her entire personality around this, her entire fictive personality around this. Victim. That's not to say that people aren't victims. That's not to say that people aren't in horrible situations. That's not to say, like, I'm not negating actual positions of powerlessness. Not doing that. But... They made that her central core. When she turns around and she betrays both her husband and both, because to her and uh, Vicious are married now, when she betrays both Vicious and Spike, there's nothing interesting about it. I feel like where we got the absolute disservice was they put in almost 10 hours of all of these things that in the original anime amounted to a lot of depth. But here it just rings very hollow. And I think the only reason that happened is because they were trying to, I don't know, there was just something that did not translate right to, I don't care that they turned Vicious into what they turned him into. Fine. Like, do it. I get it. Or that Julia's entire personality is based in her being uh, a victim. Fine. I don't even care that they completely negated Gren's storyline of having, you know, trying to confront Vicious. Uh, I love Gren, by the way. Gren, I think that was a major upgrade. Mason Alexander, love them. Phenomenal. Um, I don't care about any of the changes I think that they would work very well and I think audiences would be way more comprehensive, not even comprehensive, they would just be more excited because episode nine, where we got that prequel, that was a that was one of the best episodes. I think they did that very good. I wish we had put so much more focus on that dynamic in telling us why Spike and Vicious and the new content, you know what I mean? Because these were things we really barely were able to piece together through the anime. And getting to see that, I think they did it. I think that's where they put a lot of earnestness and a lot of care into constructing that storyline into who these characters are today. I Like I said, I don't think there is anybody stupid in the writer's room. So what's the problem? The problem is... At the beginning, how you were talking about cash grabs, basically, monetization, I feel like they should have just taken their time. If they had taken their time, if we could have, I said it last night, I truly, truly feel, starting with a prequel, starting with a prequel, take your time, move it slowly. It doesn't have to be 10 freaking episodes. It could have been eight. It could be five. I don't care. Take your time because not a single bounty was caught in the 10 episodes. Yeah. Not a single. I mean, all of the bounties were minimized to being silly and nothing. Even though in the anime, these bounties were people or characters 
with very interesting and rich backstories that had a point and a reason. And we got we lost all of that. That's good that you brought it up that way, though, because we were talking about two different things now. You're talking about in the world of entertainment. But I'm also talking about in com- us taking in these characters and relating to them as a whole. Right. You know what I mean? Faye, again, I think Faye was freaking amazing. I think that that they did an absolute perfect job with how they wrote Faye. Because Faye in the anime... This is the reality you know, of the situation. It's like not... But Faye was suddenly relatable. Right. Suddenly she was somebody who you could see had given the attention she deserved as a fully fleshed out character. Right. And I love that. I think they did great with Faye Jet as well. Because these are... They took the normal... The normalness the anime boasts... I don't know how to explain it better. Right. Because there are the se- the senses of normalcy. And I think they did a very good job of applying that mainly to Jet and Faye. Not so much Spike, but right. Jet and Faye. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to us as fans, us as an audience, us as people, it's... This is why I feel that it was needed to them on their end because they took the characters and then hyper... And again... Hyper... Fixated on true to life scenario because look, there is no backstory to Julia. Okay, and let's but be. They tried to give her so much. Yeah, they. they I don't know. That's what yeah. I mean. Honestly, they tried to give her a lot, whatnot, but it felt let, so let's, rushed. Yes, but let's be honest too. On this end, is everybody's going to react a different way to their trauma? Okay, no, no, not everybody's going to be. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, I'm. My whole point is, I don't. Where they went with these characters, it makes sense. I'm not arguing that in okay. any way, shape, or form. What I'm arguing is they they left it to the point where we don't get to take it all in. We don't get to appreciate the heart of it all mm-hmm. because they they did very odd things with pacing. And I think that really ruined the the entertainment the interesting aspects aspects of how they were writing these characters because they would distract you with oh here's that's what it means here's the the londa storyline but we're not going to do it like that so you're just going to think about that so anything that's happening in between you're just going to be mad over because you're not getting the original content which i that's that's, what i mean though like between the separation of what we're talking about. We're talking about two different things at this point because... I don't think we are. I just don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. I'm hearing what you're saying is like they rushed her character. No, they rushed everything. They rushed everybody's character. They rushed the whole thing instead of taking their time and letting these changes sit and letting us, the audience... You know, it's Sons of Anarchy. We started... That show was, what, seven seasons? And it went right. wild. You know what I mean? It took its freaking time. And maybe that it should be a point for everybody to take away from the, the show and whatnot. It's because everything is rushed in this world. Mm-hmm. Right? We're on a fast pace even right now. You know, this is why we're, we're talking about they rushed the character development. But in the anime, you had three or four episodes for character development. Yeah. The characters, what we're talking about in the anime, the characters didn't really have that much backstory. You piece together scenes and you think about what the characters were and what this means, what it means to the characters. Julia in the anime did not have this whole flushed out thing, so they decided to make their own flushed out thing. Well, whatever. I understand, you know, and that's what's hard, especially that's what's hard with anything. Like, that's why there's popular podcasts that go for three hours so they can flush all the ideas out, okay? Instead of having 40 minutes to, to think about one one thing to, to, to cram it in, there's podcasts with 10 minutes. Like, they give one idea, they throw it out, there's 10-minute podcasts. You, you can still get the information, though, from the three-hour versus the 10 minutes. It's going to be the same thing. It's just how you're going to be able to process it. Even when I, when, when I saw, you know, Vicious back in the day, that, you know, I definitely was like, oh, this guy, you know, and that he is, like, ultimate power, and that is the, when he's betrayed in a different way, that really changes things, mm-hmm. doesn't it, though? Yeah. It's the same thing with Julia. 
Julia was presented this one way, she was a killer for sure. Like in the anime, she was a killer. Yeah. No, she's not. Yeah. Well, she is. She killed Spike technically. Yeah. Okay. She's still a killer, but she's portrayed in a very weak way. Yeah. And that is what the no, real no, argument is. I agree is. with everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I said, it's, I, mm. I, their changes, I don't think are as bad as people want to make it out as. You know what I mean? No. Like, it's, we had also brought up about like Game of Thrones, the ending of Game of Thrones. The internet freaking hated it. Right. Like, they were like, like, ready to, to feast on the flesh of the riot. You know what I mean? Like, but in hindsight, there was nothing really wrong with it. Everything made perfect sense. Danny becoming the mad queen. You know what I mean? Like, it all made sense. The, that's, And I think every, every step that was taken with these characters, it makes sense for what they're trying to do and where they're trying to drive the story, too. And I do think in that way... They made very smart moves. I think that there were right. smart things done. It's just, I feel, like I said, they really should have taken that time yeah. to shape it right. and really give it yeah. the space and the 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 thought and care that that deserves instead yeah. of just shoving it in your face and being like, accept this. And, and maybe Accept maybe, it or else. Maybe that's not their intent, though. Maybe that's the, the deal. We can't ask them. And maybe that's not their intent to create an entertaining piece, actually. What if they were just trying to create this thought-provocative piece? Like, I am... I don't think that was their goal. If that's not their goal, then I am completely wrong about my relationship with the whole piece. No, I... And No, that's, why, that's what I'm talking about. I'm taking away a different thing. I'm not taking away an entertaining piece. That's what I'm talking about. We're talking about two different things at that point. On the entertaining aspect, it's like, look, it was good. The graphics were, good, you know, they had good visuals and everything like that. And 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 everything. Okay, take it back. Maybe they do have this grand thing in the back of their mind. Only they know, so they feel they're gonna have many more seasons, so they can write them out. Yeah, because you they're just gonna said have... they're up to what episode? Episode five. Yeah, technically they're up to episode five. Story wise, yeah, technically in the in, in the real story, like yeah. the bounties and everything, that's its own other thing. Yeah, like here's what I mean. Like if this entire thing was a prequel, it would be an entirely different thing. It would be for entertainment value. When episode nine came about, and I agree that was probably the best episode they have. Like I really enjoyed seeing. Because they weren't trying to take something, twist it, conform it, and r put the, a different spin on it. Right. They were creating their a new, new thing. additional right. canon, and right. it worked. Right, it did. Very well. Like I said, like, I really enjoyed the episode nine where they went to the backstory. And if they did make their own version of that. like the hell out of that like, Yeah, like a prequel you know, that would have been a different thing. We wouldn't be having this conversation That at all. episode stretched out? But oh, my gosh. That, that didn't happen. So, so what I'm taking away from their piece of art is because they took these characters, wrote them how they wish to. They, I, mean, I know it's been said they weren't flushed out because of the time frame. Maybe they have a grand thing planned out. Not even time frame. Just they put... They, they did odd things yeah. in lieu of... Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? We had 26 20-minute episodes of, of the show. Mm -hmm. And we were able to really get into the head head and why these characters are so right. beloved. Right? With very little. But you're only in the first season right now. I know. But I'm saying it's doable. Yeah. It's just there was something. I think also one thing that I th is most irksome is... One of the main writers of Cowboy Bebop is also one of the writers for The Mandalorian. Mm. The Mandalorian and Cowboy Bebop are virtually the same, <laughs> okay? They really are. Mm. And The Mandalorian, nobody's going to argue. The Mandalorian is phenomenal. It mm. is an amazing work. And it's, you know, a continuation of a story. It's fan fiction at its finest. It's because it is. It's it's fan fiction. Like, it just is. And it, and I think it works. It works very well. It has the same uh, architecture 
to its storytelling and narrative as Cowboy Bebop, the 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 anime. The it's all there. All of the ingredients for what the Mandalorian is and what Cowboy Bebop the anime is, they are perfect. So I don't understand why everything that you know the audiences feel is lacking so far in Cowboy Bebop has been achieved with the man. I think that's what it is. It's like, how did that happen? How did somebody who kind of earned... Well, the Mandalorian is its own thing. It's its own thing, it's its but own it's fan thing. fiction. What is fan fiction? It's fan fiction. In, in the Star but Wars... it's canonical. In the Star Wars universe. In it's the its Star Wars thing. universe. And here's my perspective. If they here's... used the Cowboy Bebop universe and then made their own <laughs> thing, it would be its own thing. It would be. But... They're still involving canonical factors. They're still involving, you know what I mean? Like everything is still very, very, very perfect in how it aligns. Going back, okay. Everybody knows I talk about it all the time. I was a fan fiction writer, hardcore. I was, I was fan fiction famous for a minute, okay? <laughs> kind of. It's one of my strengths because I, I, I obsess over certain media. And I'm very able to find the ways. This is the way, speaking of the Mandalorian. Uh, but I'm able to kind of find the ways to blend and seam everything together to where it never feels like you're just forcing things to happen. You know what I mean? Like, fan fiction is a lot. It's fan, if, if you have never written fan fiction, I suggest try it. It's such a fun exercise. Because you really have to work to make things fit. Anyway, point is, The Mandalorian is fan fiction. Cowboy Bebop, the live action, is fan fiction. But it just, I respect it. I think that, like I said, there are many, 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 many strong, great aspects that they really did very, very well. I just hope to see that in the future, they can take their time a little bit more and let give us the chance to refamiliarize ourselves, to familiarize ourselves with this new take on these characters, I think, is where they did themselves a disservice because, again, there are great right. aspects. I mean, even Spike, and I'm not here to talk smack about John Cho or anything like that because I personally really enjoyed him as a, a Spike, but Spike comparatively, like you can't necessarily you can't compare Faye, you know, Faye's or Jets or you know even the Viciouses or the Julie. We can't compare it. I just think, and maybe it's the audience's fault. Maybe it's our fault for going into. I know I would have enjoyed it had I not watched the anime. I would have right. You know. Right. <laughs> I would have loved it if I hadn't seen the anime. Right. But because I saw the anime, so maybe it's our fault. It's our own doing. Well, that's 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 another argument you can take away from this is because that's <laughs> where the thing comes from. Kind of like when this this came out, you know, you don't really see many reviews actually on IMDb. Actually, you see the you see the stars on there and the rating. You don't see the reviews though. I'm also glad though that there aren't many reviews out there just tearing it apart. I mean, there might be. I didn't see them because I didn't go looking. When you have the characters and you're you're trying to use them as models, right? So you're trying to use a mimesis tactic or a mimetic tactic, rather, for these models of the people in which I had claimed earlier when there are no models around, we look to media for models, okay? So now we have uh, uh, different perspectives of, of, uh, of, of women and men and a non-binary even in there. Non-binary person. Non-binary in there, yeah. <laughs> now you have these models in there for people to uh, relate to and then take away at this this newer time in the future. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at. This is where we're at. The, yeah. The future, technically now. We're 20 years later, okay? Yeah. That's where they really got, the, got it right. Yeah. Minor problems but i think that's why they wrote julie and vicious that way is because they're showcasing the true nature nature of humans like that 
is where evolution that's where trauma yeah that's where trauma and mental state and everything that's where that's that that starts yeah you know you're not going to be out there you're not you're not going to be fey i might be fey yeah no i'm saying you're not going to start out as fey in this 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 guy i want to be fey right you want to be fey though so that's why it's a mimetic it's a mimetic model yeah and, and Spike. Like, Faye, to me, yeah. is, like, the perfectly written character. And I, I just, I think they did Faye and, so good. And that's, I love Faye that's with my, passion. That's my opinion, too. Like, that actress and how they did Faye, there's a little taste of Faye in there. Yeah, you get yeah. the whole essence of who Faye there, is a little, from the anime. There's a little taste of it. But they gave yeah. her so much more. So that's what this is really about, is it's not about the entertainment factor or the characters it's it's about the future and how things change and how your ideas have to change about a certain thing you know um that's what i'm taking away from this like okay yeah. from a, from a pure like how you're talking about earlier from a purely like writing the fan fiction like i i don't know anything about writing fan fiction so it's i don't know so much fun like yeah. i said everybody who thinks that they are too pretentious for it too good a writer to do it just do it Take your favorite movie, your favorite show, whatever, your favorite song, and just write a short, you know, just something. Just a little fan fiction. Right. It's such a good exercise. So that's that's what the really important takeaway is. Like, it's not about determining whether or not their art form is good. Their art form is necessary because it needed to carry new ideas to existing my preset idea of what things yeah. were. You ideas know. worth evolving. Right. Because, yeah, the, the idea that it evolved, like, Faye evolved, right? Mm-hmm. And Jet evolved. Jet evolved, you know, and then they had the buddy, the more buddy uh, aspect between Spike and, and uh, Jet, mm-hmm. right? They had more more buddy stuff going on, so they did, they did flush it out. Do you know in the anime, Jet was supposed to be, like, 33? Yeah. Yeah, so, what? <laughs> yeah, so it was Spike was supposed to be like that age too. Spike was twenty seven in the anime. Yeah, so it's and like Faye was what twenty two or something. 21, yeah, twenty two. But that, yeah, but that's that's the whole takeaway is, what are you gonna do? You know, are you gonna be upset and mad at everything like that? No, I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying yeah. like, are you gonna be mad? Right, as a fan of Bebop for twenty years, are you gonna be mad? At this new thing that they're presenting, or will you do the hard work and reflect on what this really means but for you? Yeah, that's a mentality I've never understood as the the bandwagon mentality, where it's like something gets so much hate. You know, a lot of times, like Suicide Squad. I to this day I don't understand why so many people absolutely hated that movie. And see, that's what it was a silly, entertaining that's movie. That's what you were talking about just a little bit ago. You're saying, okay, had I never exactly. watched or, or read The Suicide Squad, I would have loved that. And yeah, I did love it. I, I wasn't so, I liked it. Yeah. And, but it's like, it's the same thing where it's like, I wouldn't, I didn't stop to enjoy, you know what I mean? Like with Cowboy Bebop, you have to stop to think about why. Why? But I never understood that ba- bandwagon hate where it just, it's like, one person decides this is a garb a piece of garbage and then just a slew of people follow and decide also it's a piece of garbage even though it's really not what's the mimetic behavior and the scape it's the scapegoat mentality because it's like why can't we just enjoy things or not enjoy things it doesn't have to be everybody else's problem had they started with a prequel it it goes back to the idea of what needs to happen for uh, it, it needed to happen for the progression of thoughts because you needed to change this mentality. Like Faye was in the anime. Let's okay. Let's put it this way. Faye in the anime was like, as you put it, eye candy. She's a fan service character. Fan service character. But now she is entirely a, a killer. She, she's a, I hate to say that. Okay, she's I'm going to say this, and again, I'm right. probably going to derive a lot of hate. Uh, Faye in the anime was written for the male gaze. And now Faye she, in the right. TV show uh, was written for the bisexual gaze, for my gaze. 
uh, written for uh, just the she was written not and for I the male gaze. think that's what their intent is. Like they needed to present these new things because yeah. and it worked. It I think it worked yeah. perfectly I mean, with Faith. Honestly, in my like in my opinion, still though, there's a, there are a few things. I don't understand. Maybe hopefully it was a joke. I don't know. About like brain scan, about how they changed it yeah, to an that, AI that wanted to take over instead of what actually happened with the kid who I wanted. I still am gonna stand by you know. Really... I hope I hope that was a joke. Like they were like, <sighs> you know what, let's just let's do this because in the first episode I knew things were gonna you, you can tell, like things were gonna get a little Hairy. different. Yeah. Let's, let's say different as soon as Faye popped up and killed a little boy. I don't know why we keep saying Faye, but because Faye, Faye was like yeah, exactly. one of the strongest. Exactly, so I was like because I, I, I mean, think probably Faye... could, probably because Spike just kind of translated so like fluently almost a little bit. I mean, for the most part, for the and most Jet part, too. Like, and Jet, they just but like train, but like Faye was a very big difference. F- I yeah, Faye is yeah. is probably one of my best. Like, like I said, she's one of my favorite representations of of a character. And it's it would say like with Vicious, like you take Vicious, who is the ultimate force of 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 aggression and 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 uh uh death right <laughs> and then you bring him over sorry i just like head canoned that vicious is professor chaos yeah and then you bring him you bring him <laughs> over and then you translate it's like hey you know you don't become this insane of a killer without certain things happening yeah. It's kind of like with Spike. That's what I feel is going to happen is because they took Spike over here and they pulled him in instead of what I felt happened in the anime was Julia in the anime. I felt Julia was because when they meet up at the graveyard in the anime, we're talking about the anime, they meet up in the graveyard. She says, oh, you always treated me like a child. Like, what's up with that? You know, it's like, I don't want to be your pet anymore. And he's like, what are we talking about? That's when she slept with Vicious is because she didn't want to be a victim. Okay. So Julia to me yeah, in so that's the what anime happens. was very yeah. sure headed. Right. She was and that's not to say that she wasn't in the anime. It's just I don't know. That's what it's saying. She oh, didn't want to still some just weird she, choices. She didn't want to be Spike's arm candy, is what the deal was in the anime. She didn't want to be Spike's arm candy. She went and slept with Vicious. That's what happened. Spike was like, no. So Spike initiated violence against Vicious in the anime because that's what happened. Is yeah. That was very flash. You can see he's fighting a lot of men, you know, and he blows everything up and then he dies from them. You know, it wasn't the same death as in the live action. They flipped it. Vicious mm-hmm. goes after Spike. I feel Spike went after Vicious in the anime because Vicious slept with Julia. Then Spike found out, goes after Vicious and his men. Then he's murdered, quote unquote, and he goes off to live another life. He questions what life means and whatnot because he's kind of floating around, catching bounties. Nothing's really happening. I mean, not, not that nothing's happening, but nothing's happening. But the, the truest form of this anime and, and what I felt really translated into live action was the jazz. Everything's, and that's where it is. Everything's different from day to day. In between the the day-to-day of life, he has, oh yeah, his past comes back up. And now he has to deal with it. Deals with it twice. Three times, technically. No. And then in the live action, it was kind of there, the whole thing. Actually. He was dealing with yeah. his past and then on the side kind of working with that. Down. Maybe that's where like they it, flipped it, got, that. Yeah, it got kind of hard. I think that's, maybe. Yeah, yeah, where it kind of, that's what I mean yeah. when I say they did not give it the sufficient... Love. At its core, I think what you're getting at is that a lot of the people who are very vocal about their absolute (laughs) disgust with the live action remake are still in the head head space that they were at when they first watched it, when they were children, when they were 10 years old, seeing it for the first time. They're still in that same headspace today as they're watching the live action iteration. I don't even want to say remake because it's just an iteration. Yeah, possibly. You know, um, as opposed to being in headset of understanding the evolution of. Yeah. 
stories yeah, because, and characters. Yeah, because at, at the end of that idea, I think you're getting at is what you want to hear and what you need to hear are two different things. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that just sums that up. We put this is probably one of our we longest episodes in a minute, huh? Probably go on for about. I think we could three more days dissecting everything about. Yeah, because I didn't even action. get to say everything I wanted to say. Yeah. So instead of the review next week, <laughs> we're just gonna do this. We're gonna do Cowboy Bebop Part Two, and Jenna's gonna talk for the whole hour. No, yeah, I'm kidding. No, but that is true. Next week uh, should be the review episode. The newest issue is out. Um. Yeah, I hope everybody had everybody who who's living in the United States. I hope they had a safe uh, holiday, and uh, yeah, you can find us on theworldofmyth.com, on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast, and the World of Myth Magazine, and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. You're gonna carry that weight. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> oh. Oh, can we start doing that? We should start doing that and just really making everybody annoyed with us. Get annoyed with it. We're just going to start doing little quips from the end of Cowboy Beyond. <laughs>